Hey everyone, this is Caitlin Yeager with Missouri Humanities. Join us as we highlight the uniqueness of Missouri's small towns and showcase the bigger picture of what small town America really is by bringing you to communities across the state and listening to their stories of why they should not be overlooked, overshadowed, or underappreciated. We're not a flyover state. We're the heart of America. From somewhere in the show me state, this is Small Town Showcase. We are deep in the Missouri Ozarks in a town of about 4,700 people called Mountain Grove, right on the border of Texas and Wright counties in southwestern Missouri. It's an hour east of Springfield, an hour north of West Plains, and is surrounded by rivers and streams, pine forests, and those breathtaking hills that define the Ozarks. This is one of my favorite areas of the state. Even in early spring, with much of the landscape still brown, it's truly beautiful. The deep green of the pines stands out as some of the only color against the rolling hills this time of year. One of the first signs of the drastic change in landscape along my drive from St. Louis. Mother Nature did us well for this trip with two days of sun and 70 degree weather. The first day of our trip was spent interviewing a handful of locals and exploring what this town has to offer which we quickly learned was a quaint, bustling downtown, small town hospitality, and a lot of passion for this community. The next morning, I sat down and chatted with three women to get to know more about this town. Fueled with a sugar rush from the local bakery's fried croissants, we dove in. My name is Liz Citron. I'm a broker owner of a real estate company here in Mountain Grove. I have four offices um, throughout the Ozarks. And, but this is our main location here. And um, I grew up in Mountain Grove and graduated from here, left and went to college, was away for 25 years and moved back uh, about 15 years ago. Glad to be home. <laughs> I'm Patsy Worrell. I'm a uh, retired business owner. I grew up in Mountain Grove. My family has been here since 1853. I went away to college and I returned to Mountain Grove. I was only gone eight years when I returned back to Mountain Grove and I've been here for several years. We won't say how many. <laughs> 45. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm Carrie Benson. I, um, same as Patsy and Liz, I grew up here and left in 1995 and I was away to college and grad school and got married and had kids and was gone for 22 years before I moved back five years ago. So. Similar stories, and uh, I am the Chamber Director here at the Chamber of Commerce in Mountain Grove. I also am a small business owner, and I'm also a speech pathologist, so I do a few different things. You have many hats. I do. <laughs> What's interesting about Liz, Patsy, and Carrie is that all three of them left Mountain Grove for a period of time before realizing that this is ultimately where they wanted to be, that they couldn't find this anywhere else. And for Liz and Carrie, they realized there was no better place for their families. This was something I heard quite frequently throughout my time in this community. You know, just living in a larger city, um, we're, we grew up and I think we just didn't have everything at our fingertips all the time. It instilled a lot of creativity in us and a lot of common sense. And I think that's kind of a theme throughout this whole entire area. And as I was raising my own children, um, 
you know, and also that everything about this area is about the kids. They, it, they work so hard and it's not, it's not anything that's planned, but to give the kids a very good, very good roots so that they, they are centered. And I could not recreate that any place else we lived. And I told my husband, I said, you know, can we please go back at least while the kids are young, if we, if you want to come back, because he was leaving all of his business contacts and his career to come here, if you want to go, once they're out of school, we'll go. And um, it, it, it was, I just, it almost makes me want to tear up because it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he wants to be a Missourian now, so he doesn't want to <laughs> leave. <laughs> but I think that's what, um, at the end of the day, we raise good human beings here. And what else can you ask for besides that? Absolutely. I think the same thing. I, that was a huge part of why I wanted to move home when I found myself alone and a single mother of three small children. I hearkened back to my own childhood and I thought about, you know, how do I want my kids to grow up? I just remembered being growing up here was so wonderful and we had so much freedom as kids to run around and play and explore and, and do different things that you just can't do in a bigger place, a more populated place. And then the other thing was just the value of hard work, the value of taking care of something else, being part of a family, contributing to the family, being part of something bigger than yourself and learning where your food comes from, all those kinds of things that you want your kids to grow up having a similar experience that you had. And it was such a positive experience growing up. And I think um, I knew that coming back here, I knew that there would be a, such a, a fantastic sense of community that you really can't find anywhere else. And having everybody know your name is such a bonus and having everybody know who your children are. And so when they're away from home or away from you, you know that somebody is going to be there watching out for your kids. That is such a sense of safety for a single mom. That wasn't so great for us growing up though, because (laughs) (laughs) our parents knew everything we did. Long before we came home and that was before cell phones. That's right. And just yesterday, I mean, we went out to Carrie's property yesterday and and we were in Michael's truck and we took like a, a roundabout way to get to their pond and Within minutes, Carrie got a text from their neighbor like, "Did you? who's the gray SUV that just went around to the pond? And we're like, it's just us, it's just us. But that's one thing that Liz and Carrie have both said. I do not have any children, but they both came back to Mountain Grove because they wanted to raise their children here and to get them out of the city atmosphere because it is. This is such a good place to raise your children. So Patsy, um, so you just brought up an interesting, you know, distinction between you and Carrie and Liz, and that um, you didn't move back here as a parent, or you didn't raise children here. So what's your experience been as someone who went away for a while, came back, and um, you know, lived your life here? I think that's one of the reasons I have gotten so involved in community activities, because I am not married and I do not have children. And so just volunteering and being part of the community in that way. And I really enjoy working with the school and being, you know, around the kids. It's nice to have them and then you don't have to have them. You know, (laughs) you send them home to their parents. (laughs) You can be around the kids, but you you can send them home to, you know, their parents. Mm -hmm. Well, something funny really quickly. Um, The first time I ever met Patsy, I was a kid myself. I was... Eighth grade. I was, yep, I was uh, 12 years old, and my parents had uh, sent me to space camp in Huntsville, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And then when I got back, my dad had me present 
to the key uh, Kiwanis Club. It was Chamber of Commerce. Was it Chamber it, of Commerce? It was the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> well, that, see, I wasn't an adult. I was a kid. But anyway, I he gave me the opportunity to come and stand in front of a group of adults and present about my experience. And I think you just don't get experiences like that anywhere else, you know. But when you're in a small community and your parents are involved, you get the opportunity to learn how to do things at a young age and learn how to be part of the community at a young age. And that was the first time I ever met Patsy. And ever since then, we've been buddies. Buddies. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about this area. Um, so obviously, one of the big um, factors for coming back to a small town is getting away from busy city life and, and noise and, and congestion and all that. Um, so when someone thinks of Mountain Grove, what would you say, what would they say? You know, so, so paint a picture of this area. Like, I mean, I, I could certainly do it. I drove it all yesterday. And But as people who live here have lived here, um, what does it look like? What do you experience? What do you feel? What's the landscape or environment like? Um, and you guys are, are so lucky to be in the Ozarks. It's some of the most beautiful parts of Missouri. So talk about about that. Well, I think I look at things as in real estate because we have a, a several offices as more of a macro look of the area for get, get people to come to the area and then center in on Mountain Grove. And I think part of that, what's so special about the area is our water. We Most parts of the country don't have water like we do here. It runs clear. Um, you we have water for recreation and we have groundwater. We have rain. We get 41 to 45 inches of rain per year and that's unusual mm -hmm. for most parts of the country and we're pretty temperate. Um, but I think the community um, here, I just look at it like a big family, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think I agree 100%. I was <clears throat> driving home yesterday with my mom who is originally from Arizona and has and currently lives there now. And she was talking to me about when she first moved here, it was 1970, and she moved here as an adult with four children in tow. And I'm number six, so I was born here. And uh, she just said it, this was like, it was like a miracle. She got, they got here and coming from Arizona, there's no water anywhere. And so just being able to come here and raise a garden, raise a family, raise animals, and it just seemed miraculous that everything just grew. And she said, you know, when we got here and spring came on, like it's starting to now and the trees start to bud out and it's just beautiful. And then once you get past the, um, the beauty of the Ozarks and start to meet the people, that's really where the fun starts. Because I think uh, people see uh, the people that live in the Ozarks, maybe they hear their accent and they start to think, well, maybe, you know, these are just hicks or local yokels. But when you start to really get into the community and you realize how many of these people are brilliantly smart and have so many skills and so much knowledge and are so willing to help, um, it's, it is really heartwarming because they want to help you when you come in from another place. Everybody wants to help. I recently had health problems and I had you know, 20, 30 people wanting to bring me dinner and, and drive me to my doctor's appointments and take care of my kids and stay the night at my house while I was in the hospital. So it was an immediate um, sense of family. And I think that's what you think of. When I think of Mountain Grove, I think of a Hallmark Channel movie where everybody knows everybody, and it is. It's one big family. It's not always a happy family, yeah. but it's like any other but family. But I will tell you, that Hallmark thing is exactly right because we, everybody, you know, obviously during the holidays is watching Hallmark movies. Right. And are like, we live this every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's problems and issues and things, but at the end of the day, it's just, 
I wouldn't want to live anyplace else. Mm -hmm. I think Carrie hit on something when you said, with your recent health issues, how people have turned out to help you. And when somebody has difficulties here, it seems like everybody turns out to help them. Mm -hmm. You know, when we had the fire here on the square, everybody, you know, came out to help. And if an individual has, um, like maybe a fire in their home or whatever, how people really help each other here. When COVID hit, people were buying certi gift certificates to all the restaurants to use and to at a later date, yeah. just to keep them going. You know, and and uh, it, it's it's really it's it's just nice. And I think too, there are a lot of people that have grown up here and have left and not moved back. But I think the sense of family and the sense of community that Mountain Grove instills in you, even if you leave and don't move back, you carry that with you. I'm right now. My older brother is living in Poland, and the with the what's going on in Ukraine, they have within a matter of days of moving to Poland. They were only there for a week, and they were asked by their children's school and by their church, "Would you be willing to take in refugees?" And they were like, absolutely. They don't have any furniture, but sure, we'll take in refugees. And so they've been doing that. But I think that that's just a sense of community that you just, you help other people, you take care of your fellow man. And I don't think that that sense of responsibility for each other is instilled everywhere, but it is very much instilled here because in a community like this where everything is not convenient, everything's not readily available, you have to be very self-reliant and you have to be very aware of your neighbor because we do have ice storms and we do have uh, a lot of rain and sometimes things flood and people can't get to the store and all these types of things. And you have to be very aware of each other because you can't always depend on the store being open or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that that just, it stays with everybody who it grows up here. Now, our conversation at this point naturally led me to bring up something that happened in Mountain Grove last summer. On July 27th, 2021, what I later learned was the hottest day of the year, a fire destroyed multiple buildings on the town square. Though it was devastating, what I learned from speaking with multiple members of this community was that they're using this as an opportunity to grow stronger, rebuild, and prioritize. That side of the square, um, uh, we had a lady that had just moved here, not maybe the year before, and wanted to open up a business here and had taken a historic building, taken it all the way down and turned it into an inn. And it had a bakery inside. It was absolutely adorable and it had really enhanced our town um, quite a bit. And, and people, even if they were coming in regionally, would stay there. And so that part of the square had been that was kind of one of the catalysts of a lot of the buildings that were getting starting to get renovated and people were starting to buy them because of partly of what she did I think to get that going um, Matt had bought his side and had was you know had turned it into the pizza parlor and was working on that um, an accounting office had renovated the bill a building and moved their accounting office into one of those historic buildings and so it, that side had really was really taking off that was the side and then everything was kind of following suit around and it was devastating even when the, as it was going and smoking in my mind I could not even fathom that it was going to continue from building to building like I thought it, okay we'll get it stopped and I saw some smoke and I just I couldn't believe it but as all the different fire fire um, uh, departments were coming in from everywhere you know, Matt, who was a firefighter in New Jersey, came and was up on the ladders, you know, helping the fire department in his shorts and 
Um, but I noticed like people from all over, like even public housing down, um, low income housing, which is down down the road, they were bringing cases of water from their houses and just bringing it up just for all the firefighters. I mean, community businesses had just opened up an account at the grocery store here. Anything any firefighter needs, it's on the house, just bill it to me later. I mean, it was, but it was, it's devastating. Um, and the one thing like, um, we had the gentleman that had come in and already bought four buildings after this was still, got, still before the fire. He was really worried that he had made a, a wrong decision. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was really worried how that was going to affect the buildings that he purchased. And he came back and saw how everyone was rallying around and, it, and it's not stopping us, it's actually just letting us reinvent mm -hmm. is kind of what we're looking at now. And he said, I know I made the right decision to come to Mountain Grove. But it was just devastating that day. I mean, everybody was in disbelief. They, like Liz said, you thought they would stop it at the beginning and then over the course of the afternoon, it just kept growing and continuing till it had destroyed all the buildings on that side almost, mm -hmm. but Matt's. Yeah, I, heard, I remember too. Someone said it was the hottest day, one of the hottest days of the year too. So, oh, it absolutely, was. it was it was super hot, and these guys are in full gear, trying to go in and out of these buildings, and lots of people had, had heat stroke and had to come we in and get out. A lot of the firefighters came in here, and EMS was in here, and they, a lot of these guys would get an IV to get some IV fluids in and go back out and go back into the fire. So that that was. That was such a beautiful thing to have all these local fire departments. Most of these guys are volunteers. They're not being paid. Most of our guys are volunteers. They do other jobs. And to have all of these local fire departments rally and come to our town to try to help was amazing. It was a sad day, but it was very much, it was heartwarming to know how much the community really loved each other and wanted to help and wanted to be there for one another. You know, Liz's office got opened up so that people could get IVs. You know, it was, it was wild. And one of the drugstore, yeah, the drugstore opened up and because a lot of the things like some of the firefighters needed to get medications. I mean, it, they were severely dehydrated. Right. So they had to open up a place here and at the drugstore because they had all the facilities that they could do and any drugs that they might need right away. And But it brought everybody together that day. Absolutely. I know the firefighters. I went and got coolers, you know, everybody, you know, because they need coolers, put the yeah, ice in. Ice. So we went out and collected coolers and everybody was donating water. Everybody just came together that day. And I was trying to think, was there about seven other towns or eight other towns that brought their fire equipment here? I think all the way Mountain from West Plains, I think Willow, like Willow Springs, Kabul, Kabul, Kabul Houston. Mansfield, Norwood, mm -hmm. Houston, the whole area. So I know that, you know, obviously something like that is so devastating to a community like this. Um, but is there, you know, do you guys feel or have you felt, you know, within your community a sense of hope, opportunity that, you know, it was horrible to lose businesses, but this is a new opportunity? You have to look at it that way. There's no other way. There's no other way to look at it. We're pretty much a glass half full kind of kind of people, really? and um, we had already started with improving our downtown before this ever happened. And we were well on our way of you know branding and really working to let people know what was going on in our in our town. We our Christmas festivals and 
uh, heritage festivals yeah. had really started. So, so now what this is going to do, in my, my opinion, I guess, is, is give us a chance to decide what we want on the square. Because when you have historic buildings, you have to, you, you work with them and, and are sometimes around what, what they are. But now that we have a blank canvas, we can, we can just create what we want and what we think we need. During our trip, I met with Tim Shook, Mountain Grove's city administrator. When we talked about the fire, it was so evident how much he cared for this community he now calls home. Tim isn't a Mountain Grove native. In fact, he's only lived here a handful of years, but his leadership and dedication to this town is unmatched. He told me how the square feels incomplete without those buildings, and he is determined to put buildings and businesses back in whatever it takes. He decided to retire here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who would have thought? Mm -hmm. And he's, and I think like even the gentleman that bought all those buildings, one of the reasons he decided to pick here was because Tim was on the square getting ready for a festival and working with the electric and all the stuff. And I introduced him and he said, Tim was like, you tell me what you need and the town will, you know, we'll help you however we can. And he was, he was just floored. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Tim is going to be a resident here forever. Mm -hmm. And did, I don't think that was in the plan originally. Carrie, <laughs> you probably have a really good feel being the chamber director on, on, a, on a lot of this. Uh, we needed rooms at the time. You know, our, we needed hotels. We needed places for people to stay. And when um, they put the inn in, that was great. Uh, we now have actually have a comfort under, under construction that will be completed, I believe, in August, which will help us have more rooms, but with that, um, we also now have the uh, farmer's market, you know, we'll have a, a place for that. And what other things? I've heard a lot of ideas being bandied around and I don't know what will eventually go there and who will eventually purchase that property. And But I know that just the the initial revitalizing revitalizement of the square has really, I think, started an overall feeling of people wanting to get into these area, these older buildings that are, have sat empty for several years and wanting to remodel them and make something good out of something that has kind of gone downhill. And I think it's ha happening all over town. But for that particular area, I've heard people talk about putting in a community, like kind of like a theater or a, com a community gathering space. Like Patsy said, the event center is greatly missed because it was a place for people to gather and have reunions and be together. So. I've heard lots of ideas um, about different businesses, but I mean, it's anybody's guess who's going to walk in and want to purchase that. And because I don't believe it's been one section has been purchased. some of it has, and I think some people are just waiting to see, like the person that owns on the the end. She's kind of waiting to see what the master plan is, um, and I think that's the, that would be the key. I think most people along there that own that are open to a master plan. Um, but how is that going to affect them as, as the dirt owners at this point? Right. So I think that's going to be um, something everyone's going to have to work together on with that. And so we really don't quite know. We're just, we're just getting past. I mean, we're just at the point now that all the insurance and everything I think has been paid. It's taken all this time. Our conversation about the fire and what comes next leads us to a topic very familiar to small communities, revitalization and progress. Small towns throughout the country are known for their picturesque town squares and main streets, lined with old historic buildings. Mountain Grove is no different. 
and like many other communities of this size, they're prioritizing filling their buildings with businesses, and they're in luck. Over the last several years, there's been a lot of movement into small towns with people demanding a simpler lifestyle, lower cost of living, and different opportunities. The problem, Liz and Carrie detail, is that it's hard to meet demand. Low inventory of housing and buildings for businesses make it difficult to move quickly, but Mountain Grove is dedicated to progress and knows where their priorities lie. I think that we're, you know, obviously all over the country, there's been a huge demand for, for housing. And as soon as something comes on the market, if it's priced anywhere <laughs> close, <laughs> um, you'll get multiple offers and it's gone. And that it, but it's like that all over the country right now. Um, what I do think is that everyone says, oh, when is it gonna just, when is it gonna drop? I don't think that it's going to drop here. And the simple reason I think that what has happened is a mind shift a lifestyle shift, um, not so much. Uh, and I think that the life, our lifestyle here is what people are looking for. So it may, as interest rates go up and things, it may slow down just a little bit, but I, see, I feel that we will have a consistent, um, consistent market here, or, um, but, I don't, but I, we don't have enough housing. And that's one thing that it will affect creating more industry here and bringing people here is that we do need more housing, mm -hmm. um, more houses built. And, but right now, the builders are just swamped. I mean, there, there's people in line waiting for a builder. Mm -hmm. um, so people that have, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you're a tradesperson, <laughs> if, I mean, if you are any kind of trade, if you come to this area and you show up and do what you say you'll do, you'll have more work than you can, than you can handle. Mm -hmm. Um, because there is such a need for trades in the area, electricians, plumbers, builders. You know, I think one of the reasons Mountain Grove um, brings people here, for one thing, we have the largest trade area between Springfield and West Plains. Yeah. We, we offer a lot more businesses and services than the towns in this area. And I think that helps draw people in to this area. Mm -hmm. And you're also a great location. I mean, you just said it yourself. You're halfway between it's Springfield an, and West Plains. Like it's an hour into mm -hmm. Springfield. I mean, if you don't mind commuting a little bit, I mean, it's an hour drive, but you can. And there are a lot of people that do. They don't want to live in a bedroom community of Springfield. They want to live more rurally. That's, that's us. You know, we, you can just jump on 60, and uh, it takes an hour. And a lot of people that come here are used to commuting an hour anyway. It's just that you're going 65 miles an hour to do it mm -hmm. here right. <laughs> versus in bumper to bumper like traffic. You live in the larger cities. People think nothing of, you know, an hour getting to work. Yeah, I mean, I... And here, and I think that's why some businesses here are, uh, they don't locate here because it's so easy to go into Springfield to purchase things or to buy them online. Yeah, that, yeah West Plains is far enough that mm -hmm. they can probably get some of the, the stores or the chain stores there because people from there are not going to drive to Springfield. They don't have a choice but to have it there. Where we have a little bit of more flexibility for it to get to Springfield. So um, one thing that's really taken off in our area was we have several businesses that have like the antique booths and um, we have about four of them, I guess now, and people come regionally to spend the day here and shop at those, and that's that may become part of our niche in the, in the marketplace mm -hmm. is uh, to draw people to our area. And I think over time we will get more industry, 
but um, in but so far right now that seems to be our, our draw. Well, and I think something that's interesting, and I, I love your guys' opinion on this, if this is um, accurate, is you're you're in a place where if you need the city amenities, you're an hour away from Springfield, but you get to keep your small town charm. You know, like I know you guys have a Walmart, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And Walmart has everything. But if you want, you know, the Target, the, you know, big grocery stores, the, the you know, tons of different restaurants, you're just an hour away. I just tell people, when I'm, people are coming here, I said, we have everything you need right here. But if you want sushi, you're probably going to have to go to Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but, but with that said, you know, I, th I think there is something to that, which is, you know, maybe, you know, it'd be great to have it for the convenience, but, you know, does small town charm get lost when too many big box stores, too many chains come in? Agreed. It does. Yes. Yes. And we used to have, I mean, we do, we have Ace Hardware, we have feed mills here. We really do have everything that you need. Um, we just want to... To, to grow on that, I guess, is kind of what we're yeah. wanting to do and create more jobs for people and maybe more high, um, high tech, maybe high paying jobs yeah. so that those that want to move back um, that would love to live here have more of the opportunity to do that earlier than later. A lot of them will come back later, mm -hmm. but they would like to come back earlier and, and live here. Mm -hmm. Mountain Grove is like many other small communities in that they are frequently asking themselves, what keeps people from moving back here? And this conversation is so fitting because we are hearing from three people who left for several years and wound up right back in their hometowns. So I asked their opinion on the matter, which also led us to an interesting topic of how the rest of the world perceives small towns. For example, who out there has watched Ozark? If I had to guess, probably a lot of you. Well, here we are in the Ozarks. How does the smash hit TV show's portrayal of this part of the world add up? Well, let's find out. I think that once you get back here and you see how much opportunity there is, but a lot of that opportunity you have to create. It's create. You have to go That's out there and yes, look for own. it and create your own opportunity. Whereas in a big city, there's a myriad of opportunities and you just get to, you know, you pick the one that's most suitable to you. But when you come back here, you kind of have to create that yourself. I have a good friend that just moved back from Colorado and, and she's very tech oriented and I'm like, you need to look around and see that lots of people are not tech oriented and look at what you could do to help these businesses grow because you have that skill. You have to go out and create that job for yourself. But there is, I think, a perceived lack of opportunity. People think, well, I don't know, could I make it there? What would I do? Or what would my kids have available to them? Because if I'm in the big city, then my kids can go be a part of a competitive gymnastics or they could go be part of a this or that you know they have competitive you know travel leagues for different sports and but what they don't realize is that's available too it just you might be a little bit of a commute to get to a town that has that but it is available out here it's just a per, it's all about perception I think that was one thing when we moved here is my daughters played college volleyball at the time we moved here they weren't but they wanted to and we went and this before we moved here we went and looked at you know, all the cities that had the big volleyball and all the big high schools and things and decided that my children decided they would rather drive to practice an hour to be on those elite teams for travel and live here. And I remember we would drive at night back, back and forth and we would take the exit into Mountain Grove and they're like, Mom, I am so glad that we, she goes, I just love it every time we take this exit, mm -hmm. that we live here even though we have to go there. Mm -hmm. And um, it was it's amazing how many 
students go into Springfield for Whatever. volleyball, mm -hmm. basketball, and play on the club teams. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the kids. And that's the thing about it. If you lived in West Plains or further away, it would be so much harder. But by being an hour out of Springfield. It's accessible. It's mm -hmm. right. It's very accessible. And my plan when I moved back, I absolutely had it in my head that I'll move back for a period of time. And then when my oldest, when it was time for her to go to high school, I wanted to be in a bigger city where she could go and do concurrent enrollment, have her associate's degree by the time she graduated. And I came here thinking that that was not available. So I thought, well, I'll move back until she's in high school and then I'll go back to a bigger place where she can do that. And since moving back and, and uh, being involved with the school and the superintendent, I, made, I mentioned that to him and he was like, well, that's available here. We can do that here in the high school. And I thought, really, you can? Because mm -hmm. it wasn't available when I was a kid. And I just thought, I want her to have that leg up when she goes to college, thinking that it was not available here, that she couldn't do that here, but she absolutely can. And so. Recently, when I had my health issues and my mom came out to help me and she lives in Arizona and she, my daughter was talking to her and they were, anyway, she said something about, well, I can't wait for you to move back to, move back to Arizona because so I can see you more and whatever. My daughter said, we're not moving back to Arizona. I love it here. I'm never leaving here. <laughs> this is home. And I thought, okay. So, I mean, they have absolutely. See, MSU has a campus here in Mountain Grove. The fruit station or the research center is affiliated with Missouri State Springfield campus, but we have classroom, a classroom building, Shannon Hall, which is affiliated with the MSU campus in West Plains. That's a satellite off of Springfield. So the high school kids can take the dual enrollment classes here. And that's what Carrie was talking about. So the classes are available and some of the kids have like maybe 28 hours or so. Oh, you can have more. You more can 30. almost have As, your You can get your A associate's degree, and I think you can get your four-year teaching four -year degree. Four-year teaching degree. degree uh -huh. At this campus. Uh -huh. But we also have the vocational school here at the high school, which was brought in when I was in high school, actually, a long time ago. <laughs> um, but it's regional, and so they will um, bus in students from all the surrounding towns. But you have uh, heat and air, you have welding, you have auto nursing. mechanics. Uh, yeah, Even culinary. Culinary. Culinary nursing. And the nursing, nursing program. And so they can get started on all those professions before they go off to a trade school or a university. And I know I had accounting and, and uh, business classes in that vocational school when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And when I went to college and to go to business school, I, I felt so prepared, you know, c compared to... I think we are so fortunate to have our uh, technical center here. Yes. Because in this area, a lot of the students are not going to leave Mountain Grove or this surrounding area. And by having the Votech school, at least they can be trained. It might be, you know, elect uh, electrical, plumbing, auto mechanics. They have the construction class, the nursing classes, where they will have training where they can go to work at some of our local industries and everything. In fact, we had a, a gentleman just pass away recently who was a, um, very involved in our community, and he left all of his real estate to the community foundation, and it, that money, once those properties are, are sold, the money will be used for uh, scholarships for trade schools. For, for, stu for it, students just get graduating or adults that want to change careers, mm -hmm. um, it can go for either, and that it, those will be 
it, it's, it's a very considerable sum and it's going to make a huge impact um, on our area. That's amazing. Um, so what, I, what I'm kind of getting here is, in, and you kind of started this with, with, you know, you didn't think that these resources were going to be available and you were kind of making alternative plans and then you learned right. that they were and it, and it really opened up, you know, the opportunity for you to stay in this place that you and your family, clearly your daughter, love. <laughs> she um, <wasn't> <laughs> So I think that that kind of that kind of transitions us into this topic that I am really interested when it comes to to sm like having these communities with small or conversations with small towns, which is um, perception of small town life, um, portrayal of small town life. Um, I think here being in the Ozarks, a really great example, Mr. Uh, Jason Bateman and and Ozark, <laughs> right? the show Ozark and. Um, and I watched it religiously for the first two or three seasons, and then I got kind of, I was like, how many different times can they get in, oh, so close to getting in really big trouble and then get out and just in the nick of time, you know? It's, it's, it's a it's Come trouble. live down here and you'll be amazed. Yeah, <laughs> that, that can actually happen. But, uh, but what I mean is, you know, you watch that show, and, and it, the way that they portray locals, um, and maybe it's semi-accurate in certain places, but, you know, any time that the big Chicago family is is interacting with anybody local, it tends to be a little bit negative, a little bit um, uncultured, and um, and that's not that's not unique to Ozark. I think that's that's something that you see. You know, aside from the classic you know Hallmark films, which you know I love that you guys compare it, and and honestly, I do hear a lot of times when people in small communities are comparing them, they view themselves as these beautiful, close knit caring, nurturing communities that you see in a Hallmark or a Lifetime movie. But when you ask, you know, someone in Hollywood or some or an author or, a, you know, a producer to portray small town life, it's sturdy and it's, you know, rough and, you know, and so what do you guys think? We're cross between Gilmore Girls and Hallmark, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Gilmore Girls is one I hear a lot too, yeah. Well, I think it's perception. Again, it all comes back to your perception of what things are and when you come from if, if you're an outsider and you come to this place you are going to pick up on you know some of the darker things that you didn't expect because you know no place is perfect no place is wonderful all the time and so and there are things that are different that are very different that coming from an outside perspective you come into a place like this there yes it's very close-knit and yes everybody knows who the players are there is some truth to the good old boy uh, what um, stereotype mm -hmm. and they're some of the things that they show in movies like Ozark or Winter's Bone or um, Justified was I think set in Kentucky but very similar types of people some of those things there's truth there mm -hmm. but then you know there's truth to all kinds of things in all kinds of places and so you know when you would visit Washington DC yeah there's a high murder rate but Washington DC is also wonderful in so many other ways so you can't just say that everybody is like the locals they portray on Ozark mm -hmm. are there people like that absolutely but that's not the majority mm -hmm. and I think that um, the perception of coming here my my uh, my children's father is from Dominican Republic, so he's not even from the United States, and he came here with me, and he thought the same thing. I'm gonna go there, and my IQ's gonna drop, you know? And uh, he got he met all my friends, and he was like, I love these people. These people are so great. Everybody's so nice and welcoming. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, people look at you because you look different. You don't look the same as everybody in town, but they're not looking at you like 
they don't like you or that they wanted they can't wait to discriminate against you they're just you're just different mm -hmm. you know but I think once you get past your initial perception the same you know thinking that oh I can't be here long because I want these other opportunities for my kids once I get over that and see that these opportunities exist then once you get past that initial perception you love it here and you love these people and you learn that these people maybe they have an accent or maybe they dress in overalls but that that's as far as that stereotype really goes you know it may only be just the surface and once you scratch the surface well, you see and I think one side. thing I tell people and they're like well, you know what is it like you know I'm worried about my kids can they do they will they have the opportunities engineers and doctors and you know all professionals coming out of our high school and in like Dr. Barb you know he he could have been he could have gone anywhere but he's actually decided to practice here stay here but his his career is national. Now, I think now he's the president he, of the World Medical Association, he was isn't he? The president of the American Medical Association, and then it was I think his term is up. is up. But he's yes. But he was then the president of the World Medical Association. So and he's he he's, grew up in Mountain Grove, mm -hmm. went high school here, went to college, college, yep, and returned back to Mountain Grove. So when you think of you know when you're sitting and you're watching TV and you see that. In a, in a movie, in a show, um, how does it make you feel? And, and why do you think that's how small town life gets portrayed rather than focusing on the good? I, don't, I, I just don't think that people take it seriously. I, I don't, maybe that's just me, but I think that people see the good in small town life more than they see that. Mm -hmm. And um, even, Living here, I know some of that probably is around somewhere in, you know, in, but I don't see it in my everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel like that I'm around that necessarily. Do you all? You know, some of the people that have moved here, but the people here are really friendly, I think. Yeah. And they really accept the people that move here. Mm -hmm. And it might take them a while to get um, acclimated. acclimated to the community. Mm -hmm. But as far as but the things like the winter's bone and all that, like I don't feel like I don't, we have that around, in our faces all the time. I don't no, see it. I don't think I, it might be people that live away from here that have never actually been here yes. and to see what the people are like. Now one thing you I know, tell, yes, I like tell people. A surface level. Yeah, right. you just scratch yeah. the surface and then you see so much more. But I think people pick out what is very foreign to them. And so that is that portrayal of somebody from the Ozarks, that's so foreign to somebody that's outside and that's something that they hone in on. But I think, you know, as everybody here watches those shows too and, and I think that, you know, maybe they've been they've had an experience where they've run into that seedy underbelly kind of mm -hmm. part of the Ozarks. But I think for the most part like Liz said, I think a lot of people just think, oh, okay, oh well, that's how that was portrayed, but that's not really how it is, and so they don't take it seriously. I hear this frequently when this topic comes up. That's not really how it is. It seems the solution is to come to these places to see for ourselves. Something I find inspiring in each community I visit is that they are full of people who are really rooting for success constantly contributing their time, talent, and treasure to bring their town to its fullest potential. Something we spoke about a lot during this conversation was how Mountain Grove has adapted over time, 
from businesses to people, and how we can learn from our past, embrace our present, and work for the future. You said it beautifully. It's a generational thing. And I think that the, the boomer generation, I'm a proud Gen X, but the boomer generation is very much, this is the way we've done things, and this is what works, and listen to us, we know what we're talking about. Then Not all of us, Carrie, come on. You're, okay. <laughs> and, but you're right, they're right. I mean, they do know how things operate and they have a wealth of knowledge. And then you have the millennial generation that's pushing, I want new things and more progress and let's do this and let's do that and I have all these great ideas. And then I think we have, my generation is kind of in between and we're kind of straddling the line and saying, yes, I see the benefit of all of your knowledge and yes, I want progress. and. Let's see how we can marry this together and, and not discount either side. Use the older generation's, you know, experiences to right. help the younger generation's progress. Don't forget what got us here, mm -hmm. exactly. but grow on that. Exactly. I think is, and, and I like that. And I think you see that in a lot of the boards and the councils around town where kind of the people in their 40s are starting to get on these boards and starting to try, like Patsy was talking about yesterday. We're so glad. Trying to involve people, so yeah. We, to get the younger yes. right. So Patsy can involved. truly be retired at some point, yeah. right? Right That's now you're right. not retired. You, and you did bring that up yesterday. You said the big thing that you as a um, seasoned volunteer, you mentioned that you see the same 10 people volunteering all the time. They're older, you know, how do you get the younger people to, and to get well, involved? Well, we've been working on it on different boards that uh -huh. we're on together uh -huh. to bring the younger people on so they can take, take over. over. Mm -hmm. So I can fully retire and... What stood in between younger people being on these boards? Why aren't they taking these positions? And she said, just a lack of being asked. People haven't asked mm -hmm. them to do it. And I think, you know, somebody asked me to be on the chamber or to, to apply for that job, and I did. And now our chamber board is primarily under 50. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, speaks volumes to how much progress you know, we're starting to make. People want to do more. And, and I think the older generation is finally at the point where they're saying, we want to go on vacation and let you guys vacation. do it. And so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Just Carrie, as the chamber director, um, looking at the businesses in town, new ones, old ones, um, what are they doing to adapt to today. I mean, I think what's interesting in a small town is you do have businesses that have been staples for generations, but then you also have, um, I think, you know, small town Missouri, small town America in general is seeing this resurgence of young people wanting to start businesses and, you know, decide that they want to, to have that small town life for their, for their kids, like m many of you have talked about. Um, but they need the opportunities that you guys have discussed, you know, to to be able to grow businesses, to be able to start businesses. How are you seeing businesses adapt, modify, progress with the times? I mean, we've seen in the last few years have been some of the most trying for a lot of people. Um, but there's, I think that has influenced a lot of modernization, a lot of new techniques. Um, mm -hmm. What are you seeing? I see, I, it's interesting, I get phone calls every day a new person coming in and saying, I'm going to open a business next week or next month, and I want to join the chamber, and what do you recommend, and how do you see this working? And, and so I give them, you know, a little advice here and there. You know, you might want to talk to this person or that person. But I think by and large, one of the big things we're seeing is just the social media impact. That is huge. And even though we're a rural community, and like we talked about, you know, the generational differences, I still have people that absolutely want to 
pay by check or cash and they want to come in and they want to fill out a piece of paper. But then I have this new generation of people coming on saying, hey, don't you have Apple Pay or can I just do it online and can I do this and that? And so that is one of my big uh, pieces of advice to anybody opening a business here is make sure that you are accessible to all generations across the board. You want your customers to come from every generation and be able to access your product, whatever that is, whether you're a restaurant or a hardware store or an auto mechanic shop, you know, you want to be able to build a customer base that is very diverse. And in order to do that, you have to diversify. You have to be able to put yourself out there in a million different ways. You know, you might, you want to advertise in our newspaper because people over 50 get their information from a newspaper. People under 50 get their information from Facebook and people under 40 do Instagram and people under 30 do TikTok. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> you have to be willing to step outside the box and be able to put yourself out there on all different forms of media and recognize that. I just had a, we just had a new restaurant open um, over by Walmart that's an Italian restaurant that went in at our old Pizza Hut. That shut down during COVID. And uh, I went in there and I said, hey, by the way, I posted that you guys were opening and we have 10,000 hits on our post from the chamber. And everybody wants to know what your menu is and where your Facebook pages. And they were like, oh, we haven't done a Facebook page yet. And I was like, please do a Facebook page. <laughs> I have 10,000 people that are messaging me and not literally 10,000. And they were like, okay, sorry, we'll get that going. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you know, I think that is key to opening a business in mm -hmm. a place like this. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, and that goes along another thing with, with the branding and the perception of small town life. I mean, the, the people that live here, are, a lot of them are on social media, you know, and, and showing what life is really like. And I think that that really helps with overcoming a lot of what you see on some of those shows as well. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, like I'm kind of the matriarch of our real estate offices. I'm, I'm the old one and mm -hmm. all the young ones are, you know, I don't have TikTok and I, you know, but they all do that and have all that, the different social media, but it, you really have to have it in, in a small community as a business. You know, one thing that we're working on improving here is like broadband. It's amazing yes. in the rural areas on our internet that um, our connections and everything are not. I mean, it has needs so much improvement. And this was really found out like through the pandemic, yes. through COVID, that when they were needing people to work at home, well, out, even here in town, it, there's room for a lot of improvement in it. Which they're actually doing right now. I know, now. we're in yes, the process yes. right now. But that is one thing that will help the businesses you know, tremendously. But people that wanted to work from home outside of town, they didn't have mm -hmm. the connections. And point-to-point -point works somewhat, but because of our Ozark Hills here, the, you, it doesn't reach everywhere. And I think um, they're putting in a lot... Um, more cable, uh, but also optics, Starlink right? is should be here probably this year, which will really affect um, mo a lot of areas outside of town. So people will be able to get high-speed internet wherever they are. As we started to wrap up our conversation, I wanted to hear Liz, Patsy, and Carrie's viewpoint on a very important question. Are they positive or hopeful for Mountain Grove? And do they see anything holding their community back from reaching its fullest potential? The glass is half full. It's even more than half full. It's three Isn't quarters. It? It's <laughs> nine No, I think Mountain Grove really has so much going for it. I can look at some of the towns in our area, and I think we are much more progressive mm -hmm. than 
towns in our area. But I think the people like Carrie and Liz, there are people like in leadership roles here in town that are very positive for our community. And I think it will just make it grow that much more and be that much better. Is there anything holding you guys back, you feel, holding the town back? Funding for projects, and we're working on that. I think the grants and things that are out there, there's so many things that we can see, but as a small town, you have benefits to that, but funding is also an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we do not have city taxes here. property taxes inside the city limits and so you know you the it it decreases your your lack of your funding a little Mm -hmm. bit so i think those are uh, writing grants which i think we're working on right now will help us and i think making i think there is some talk and some movement in the direction of kind of rebranding mountain grove like liz was talking about earlier to going through rebranding and making mountain grove a destination instead of just a a, oh we're going to stop here and get gas on our way somewhere else making Mountain Grove a place that you want to come and stay and visit and having things for people to do in Mountain Grove. And I think that as that progresses and I think as there's more um, momentum gets behind that concept, I think that there's nowhere to go but up. I think we already have a great foundation and we just need to build on that. That's all. I mean, the Gen Xers and the baby boomers and the people that came even before them have built this great great foundation for Mountain Grove. And I think as your generation comes on, you know, the millennials, you, I think, and that's such a great thing because the millennials, when we talk about technology and internet, you guys are so savvy with that. I mean, I do a pretty decent job, but half the time my six-year-old can fix things that I can't. <laughs> so I, do, you know, I barely can figure out the parental controls just to make sure that nobody gets where goes where they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I think as your generation comes on and put, you know, takes that foundation that we've built and then, you know, mics it up for sound, it'll be awesome. And there's nowhere to go but up. It'll be great. And I think that's one thing I think that small towns really could benefit from is people that want to open up a business that don't necessarily have to make an income strictly from the people in the town. If they will open up something that they can sell things online and ship things out, um, those are the kind of businesses that really flourish in a small town because the rents and the prices of the buildings um, to, to, to make your product or just ship your product from are very low. So your costs are low. So people that would be out in another state in a city if, if they don't rely on people and they ship things out all the time, come to a town like this, to a town like Mountain Grove, perfect for you. Mm-hmm. We're right in the center of the country. We're in the center of the population center. We have highways and we have great real estate prices for buildings and or rents for you to ship your product from. And you know, we not only have the accessibility from the four lane, but we also have rail, a railroad going through yes. Mountain Grove. And a lot of the industry coming in they want a railroad spur, and so we're in a very good location. To finish up our discussion, I asked each of my guests to give me their elevator speech for their town. For those of you who might not be familiar, an elevator speech is a common sales tactic or advocacy tool where a person is equipped with the short and sweet version of a sales pitch. So it's a short speech given from the perspective of only having a minute, like the length of an elevator ride to say all the right things to make the sale or make a good impression. For Small Town Showcase, I like to ask for these from people in these towns to see what they view as their community's best qualities, 
what they see as their biggest draws and things they are proudest to show off. For me, it would be our um, centralized location. Um, most people that are looking at the Ozarks, they know Springfield and Branson and that we're an hour to an hour and a half, hour and a half from Branson, hour from Springfield. Um, the, the, rain, the rain that we get here, um, the charm of a small town. So you're getting the benefit of being closer to a metropolitan area, but you, can, you have the small town experience. Um, you can, you know, when I was in California, it was at a, a, a little farmer's market thing and it was like, you know, free range this and free swimming this. That's how we live every day. We don't look at it as organic. It, we look at it as our life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and, um, and education-wise, um, same thing that I mentioned about you know Dr. Barb. You, your children coming from here have something inside them besides just their academics that they get from growing up here. And they can leave here with the education behind them to be whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And But you still have those roots here. And I think that is, one thing that I usually tell people, and it, it, I believe in it. I would say my elevator speech. Uh, I just gave it to somebody on the phone the other day who is, he just, uh, he had talked about buying it, and then I think he just bought the um, Mayday. Yes. Okay, so he called me, and uh, he just asked about, you know, what the chamber had to offer him. And I said this to him, but I would say this to anybody that's, thinking about buying a business or thinking of opening a business in Mountain Grove is that Mountain Grove is a great place to open your business. Number one, it's a small town, so the chances of you being well-known in town are pretty good. That big fish in a little pond, that's kind of a, that's a fun thing to be. It's, it's a great time to be the big fish in a little pond. And uh, your opportunity here is so much greater because A, the price of, of opening a business is so much lower. Your initial investment, your initial capital, um, to open a business here is so much lower than it would be. Even in a big town or, you know, just in Springfield, an hour away, your initial capital investment would have to be much greater in order to try to put a business in in Springfield as opposed to here. When I opened up my small business, my initial investment was less than $20,000. And I don't think that you could open a business in any town, of, you know, like Springfield or Jefferson City or obviously not St. Louis or Kansas City for that small of an investment. So your investment, your dollar goes further. And then once your business is going, you know, business owners don't usually come to a town like this by themselves. They come with a spouse, they come with children, they come with other things and other needs. And knowing that you're coming to a place where your kids are safe, they're gonna get a great education, your spouse can probably find a job within a 30 minute drive. And once you're a member of the chamber, once you become a business owner in our town, we're going to try to give you all those business contacts that people are going to try to help you and let them help you. And you're going to have an opportunity to come and make contacts with people that you wouldn't have in a bigger place. You wouldn't be able to meet all the business, you know, all the bank managers, bank owners, and you wouldn't be able to meet all these restaurant owners. You wouldn't be able to meet all these people that can benefit your business in a bigger place. Mm -hmm. Those people wouldn't be as accessible to you. But when you're in a smaller place, those might be the people at the table next to you in the local diner having breakfast, you know, because, and you, when I walked in to have breakfast yesterday with my mom, I saw probably 15 people in the restaurant that I knew and everybody said hi. And my mom was like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? How do you know all these people? And I'm like, I just know everybody. <laughs> and it's a great feeling. And to know everybody is to have a successful business. And, it, and it's awesome. And that's, that is one thing that's, that's different is, like in real estate, a lot of times you're selling people, you don't hardly ever see them. You may send them a, a, a note, you know, 
your been your one year anniversary, we go to the grocery store and we sit next to people at ball games and things that we that we deal with every day. You know, they become part of your life when they move here, mm -hmm. and um, so and everyone really tries to support each other and all the local businesses here mm -hmm. as much as they can. Yeah. It's funny because you'll have businesses that are even in direct competition with each other. Mm -hmm. They sell the same thing. They have the same service. And I hear people all the time, well, I gave my business to him last week, so I'm going to drive down here and give my business to him this week because I want to support them. Not because one is better than the other, but just I want to support both. Mm -hmm. And that's a, you don't get that feeling everywhere else. You know, I go to this tire shop because it's by my house, or I go to this restaurant because it has something I like. Whereas people are like, well, I've been here and there. I think I'm going to go here so that they have my business too. Well, I saw something that, uh, that the Chamber of Commerce, is it take a closer look? Mm -hmm. Is that the, mm -hmm. I love that. Take a closer look. Take a closer look. And like the prices basically are low, I think, in this area compared to other parts of the country. When you're buying real estate, the pricing of land and homes, mm -hmm. uh, the climate, the rain, the water. <laughs> right. But, and really, our winters aren't that bad, you know. I mean, we have a good year-round temperature here. Uh, the people are friendly. And, like, we have the accessibility of what Liz said about being, you know, going to Springfield. But for the larger area. But Mountain Grove basically has everything we need right here. And it's that hometown atmosphere. That's what I would just like, look at us. You know what we have to give you. Thank you so much to Liz, Patsy, and Carrie for their time, insights, and passion for Mountain Grove. Small Town Showcase is a production of Missouri Humanities. Special thanks to our production manager, Michael Saldivar, and thank you to our members and supporters for making this initiative possible. To learn more about us, visit mohumanities.org or follow us on social media at mohumanities. I'm Caitlin Yeager. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again soon with more of the Show Me State.